to imagine all life as you know it stopping instantaneously and every molecule in your body exploding at the speed of light. Total Protonic Reversal. Protonic Reversal. Protonic Reversal with your host, Conan Neutron. Broadcasting from a secret underground lair in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. A gigantic middle finger to everything that is rock about music, rock and roll, and corporate power. The thing is, though... If you don't laugh, you're going to go on a killing spree with sharp and nails. Confidence of a hero or a fool, I wasn't exactly certain which. Could not be more professional. It's That's like a science thing, right? Indeed, indeed, indeed it is. It's a science thing, it's a science place, it's a scientific fact that we are all up in your face. It is time once again for the one, the only, Protonic Reversal. Welcome to it, welcome to it, welcome to it. A very special night for a number of reasons, uh, not the least of which is my mic placement, but we are uh, streaming on Twitch for the first time. It's right now it's under my name, Conan underscore Neutron. But, of course, this is the Great Proton Reversal. Uh, it's also on YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts, etc., etc. And right here on Radio Nope as well. I'm your host, Conan Neutron. I am a rock and roll lifer who has toured and recorded for over 22 years. Most known for the band Conan Neutron and the Secret Friends. Music is a huge part of my life, and I use the format of this long-running podcast to talk about music with musicians whose work I enjoy and respect. Folks, the may or may not be household names, but do something very special. This is episode 273. If this is your first time listening to the show, all the archives are protonicreversal.com and are always free. No ads, no sponsors, no kidding. If you'd like to support the show and get episodes sooner, you can give $1 a month to patreon.com slash protonicreversal. If you like the show or even just a single episode, please feel free to share it along, like, subscribe, or post a review. All that helps people find the show, and it's just a nice thing to do. All right. Cherubs, let's go. Uh, without further ado, now well, the little ado. There's a little ado. There, there, not too much further ado, though. Uh, if you're here, you're probably here because I got a couple of very special dudes coming on this show that I've been looking to have on for quite some time. We are talking about the Mighty Cherubs. So with that, why don't we go ahead and add in, ta-da, Kevin and Brent, welcome, man. <laughs> Cheers. Howdy. I, I like I like the uh, oh, yeah. the reveal. That's good. That's a good one. I like the, I like the reveal quite a bit. Thanks so much for coming You're on the show, dudes. <laughs> uh, speaking of revealing. You guys have a new release, man. I, that came out of nowhere. That uh, or it came out of nowhere for me. It's, it's probably not for you guys. You probably it knew came about out it somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> it had a, a long incubation period through the pandemic. Uh, so, so when when did you guys just to dive right into it? When did you guys get going with uh, with recording that? Had that been kind of a, a long arduous process? Was it you know kind of a short burst of hey let's do this thing? Like what's what's tell me the story about this. <laughs> It's leftovers from the Immaculata High Sessions. 
Gotcha. Okay. But not leftovers in in the traditional sense of leftovers. They were just ones that didn't fit the motif. Sure, and and I feel like. Well, I was going to say, there's always like leftovers are great. Of making it seem like we, we went to the studio during COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, if we're being honest, it's not the case. Yeah, yeah. Well, I appreciate we, we we expect total transparency here in Protonic Reversal. So, appreciate that uh, you guys doing that. But I mean, that's it. You know, the, there's there's some jammers. So, was there just uh, did you just track a? I guess you must have tracked a gang of stuff for that for that record, huh? There just must have been like a lot. That you were, was it just um, was it just because it didn't fit the sound of the what you had in mind, like you said, or was it you know like some stuff just eh, cool but not for this that kind of moan? Um, we just had to fit into time constraints. We recorded a bunch of shit, and it didn't all fit on a record. And we saved uh, a grouping that fit together for this release. I think Eric was a little embarrassed that when he counted the songs he was like i should have charged you guys more <laughs> you get paid by the song like 15 fucking songs i should have charged you 16. guys oh shit yeah who's counting yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> that's awesome yeah we, we we had a bunch of uh sequences and they some of the some of those pieces just didn't fit on the sequence though you know something like pacemaker maybe could have gone away and been replaced with something you had to bring up pacemaker (laughs) is that a contentious one (laughs) there's this real thin line between loving and hating a song for us okay and and every now and then there's a song where if we had just kind of worked through it for one one more two-hour practice it could have jumped into that latter category right but but yeah, that, that one or two to get away. That didn't happen yeah, so much. Yeah, you start lavishing attention on some of them, and some of them languish, and that's the way it goes. So that one felt like it could have been something, and we just like fuck it, let's do let's do these other ones. I mean, you guys got a, a somewhat idiosyncratic and recognizable, although evolving sound. Always, are they usually jammed out in a room? Like like how do how do the songs normally come together, or are there varying methods of how cherubs songs come together that's that's weird. is that a difficult question it's, uh, <laughs> sorry <laughs> it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like an audition at first kevin will display a host of riffs and mm-hmm. ideas and i get to sit there like like the two men up in the balcony and be like oh, oh that's it yeah and then we just start working on stuff and i do a lot of counting <laughs> in the beginning to figure out what the fuck's going on and um with you know with the hope that eventually it'll become this organic thing that i no longer have to count so i can enjoy it when i'm playing it but uh yeah we we begin this process of like old married couple just deconstructing bickering arguing agreeing celebrating and uh yeah, it works out. <laughs> All the right things. Nice. It does. If you if you gotta you just gotta be patient. Sometimes like if I really like something, I'll gloss over it when I present it to him because I don't want him to, to lavish I don't want him to attend to it too much early on because sometimes he'll be like, 
fuck that one. I'm like, God damn it, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't even have played it for it. You, you don't like, want to seem know, too then, eager, <laughs> right? Exactly. And if I want, if I wait, sometimes those will come back into rotation and they'll be favored later. But they're, it's a, it's a, I have to allow for them to be kind of destroyed and then we put them back together in a different way because you had to sometimes you have to subvert uh grunge tendencies and you know tendencies that you have right led zeppelin tendencies and alice in chains tendencies and these things that are in there yeah they've every little thing that we do uh, down to the the smallest minutia of it has this time stamp on it in our head and we'll be trying to work through something and we'll be like, that's what we would have done in 1992. And we'll, we'll tweak it a little bit. And we're mm -hmm. like, that's what we would have done in 2015. So we're moving up. <laughs> we'll tweak it a little <laughs> bit more. And then there it is. Well, I think that we that's... You know when, when we arrived at it, which is the cool thing. And that's why we're still together. So... <laughs> Aww. We know what we're doing when we don't know what it is anymore. Right. Like we know we've arrived at the thing when we don't know what it is anymore because you, you just have to you have to fuck it up or it doesn't work. And so if we if we get to the end of something and we have fucked it up and it's like and it's still maintaining some kind of integrity on then it works. And there's some songs that we don't even know what the fuck they are like. 18. 18 that song is that song is literally a song where i'll see you at the end of the song hopefully we will arrive at the parts at the same time we'll get there yeah and then i'll see you at the end and it's an impossible song because it's just like i don't even know it's a scary venture playing some of these songs live <laughs> it's, it seems like it's uh, just just as uh thrilling and unexpected for the people in the band as it is maybe for the audience for a couple some of them, of them yeah, yeah. <laughs> well it's all the more rewarding when you pull it off <laughs> yeah that's true and there's well, always this this knowing look that happens at the end of a song <laughs> it, it gets pulled off and it's like hey yeah, we did it i can't believe we, i can't believe we did that okay let's respect <laughs> yeah <laughs> we never used to do um such such things to ourselves as far as time signature uh conflagration uh, back in the old days but uh as of late we've kind of been enjoying being in different time signatures where we kind of hit we hit here together and then a yeah. little later on we hit here together and we know everything is is being held down and uh the trick is to get it to not sound you know toehead dorky and still sound organic right yeah for sure and that's so you've you've given lots of chew on for there if i may say that i wish the little too grunge as a note you could have used a lot of that in the 90s i think if you guys could get it in a time machine and maybe work on that i think that would that would be good <laughs> uh but it's it's interesting to me that to hear you guys talk about this you know in, in 2021 versus you know think back to all, when you started was it always kind of that way or is this more like you guys looking at it you know with maybe clearer heads to some degree and kind of knowing what the voice of the band was and and still wanting to to grow and, and push that out that you, you have to try it a, a different kind of way right clearer heads indeed <laughs> clearer heads indeed less piss and vinegar less punk ass um, back then it was a buffet of amazing ideas all around you, right? right? When, when at the, at the, during that time period that we were 
active and younger, the uh, so much was going on and so much of it was so good. So you were like getting slapped in the face every every time you listened to something new. It's like, God damn, that's possible. God damn, that's badass. And so you're just dealing and you and you're and you're factoring it in and then you have to put it through your our unique filter, which is just us. Um and it came out the way it came out. And then once you get in there, you start to realize you can affect it too. Because if you see the influences too much back in the day, you really had to work hard. At least now, you know, the, the time has passed for us. And, and so you're not working as hard to disguise it because you trust that once you start interpreting, it's going to come out weird and it's going to come out you. So now all we have to do is defy who the fuck we are now because... <laughs> It just gets, it just gets, it just gets trodden territory real quick. So you hit on something that I was going to bring up a little later on, but the idea of, and I'm just thinking even back to like, you know, the trans syndicate bands or whatnot, that there was really only a correlating factor is, wow, that's interesting versus, uh, you know, oh, that's a such and such kind of band, right? You know, okay. Right. Yeah. A trans syndicate band didn't mean the same thing as like, say like what a, what another label. Band. Yeah. 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 Perfect example. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll love, but fuck yeah. Uh, the, <laughs> and I feel like currently uh, that that's kind of gone away. Like the, the idea of like, oh, no, we got to do something unique and different or everyone's going to goof on us and, and be like, oh, you guys. Like, I think that that's almost gone away as it's become this like permanent nostalgia train that has been great for some bands. Right. Like it's been brought out some some bands that never got their due, never found their audience when they were around. And suddenly they have. And that's wonderful. It's amazing. I'm always for that. But it almost has turned into and I'm just going to use the word genre fetishism. Yeah. I mean, do you guys agree or is this just a neutron opinion? Like, I mean, I, I would no, say I agree. I'm, I'm tempted to name names, but it's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> you get so much fucking trouble. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah. Don't name names. That's, that's what, that's what I've learned. There's some people that don't wouldn't come on the show because I did that. But uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> but then even by the, that same token, when I think of, you know, early, early cherubs and, and stuff like that, and even stuff off heroin, man, like it was pretty distinctive. Like there was no band that sounded quite like Cherubs, and still that is still true. That like it's 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 pretty unique, but that has come to mean something different. And that's yes. a hard beam. That's a hard beam to walk, for sure. Well, I actually think it was easier in the old days when there were not really other bands that sounded like us. And these days, I hear little bits and pieces of us or what we do or what we've done all over the place and so it, when we're working out songs now it feels like um the onus is on us even more so to stay differentiated and and stay us without repeating us and without borrowing from people who have in turn borrowed from us <laughs> originally it, it's <laughs> I, I think it's more difficult now actually just you know yeah I agree. Just because you're not, we weren't reacting to who we were then. Yeah, we were just being who we were. So that was easy. You know, you're just yeah. you're spitting some shit out, and all of a sudden you like it, and you have no really, uh, you don't really understand why. We actually like things for different reasons now. Like, like what the fuck is that? Mm -hmm. Why does that work? There's some weird shit where things work, and they and it doesn't even make sense. Yeah. And then you're like, don't question it. We'll just figure out how to do it. It has been a lot more fun. Yeah. In the in the in the, in the later era, back in the old days, I, the only rule was 
if anything started to sound too much like Jesus lizard or the unsane, then you had to turn a corner. You had to flip something over and, and change it. And nowadays there's just like, uh, there's just too many out there. Yeah. You can't, yeah. you can't keep up with what it might yeah. sound like anymore. Yeah. You can't concern yourself with that because that way lies madness pretty much. Exactly. We allowed ourselves Terminator for Unsane. That's our homage. And then after that, we're kind of done. So right, right. there's that one. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because there was no doubt that they were that influential. They had totally influenced us. We loved them. Uh, do we feel right. that was animator? Called? Animator. Sorry. I don't even know the names <laughs> of our songs. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna, I was trying I was like doing the mental Rolodex thing but I also didn't want to look uncool so I was like you did you good you did good <laughs> yeah I thought you were to, you, you looked legit he just <laughs> came, he's fresh out of an Arnold Schwarzenegger film festival and so. I, I mean first Terminator and Terminator 2 are astounding and then there's some other movies as well exactly. uh, so so but but that goes back to like almost yeah competing with yourself right like you don't want to like you don't want to make like Mr. Goy revisited or like you know I, I think back to yeah uh, what is it um metallica with uh unforgiven part five you know like (laughs) enough nobody's looking for this like you don't need to do that and and that's like the more like you know comical example i guess right but like it's like a theme career instead of theme albums (laughs) (laughs) but i mean there's there's not that there's not that kind of thing with the uh, with the cherubs records like it's it's like i mean there's like if you would have told me before I heard uh, the record in 2019 that like oh yeah it's gonna sh-, like there's some shoegazy kind of stuff in here, right? Yeah, I've been like that is surprising to me, but I loved it. It's great because it sounds like it sounded like you guys continues to sound like you guys, uh, while also pushing the sound and moving things forward. And I think that that's for me that's exciting. That that's exciting stuff. And I and I th- hope that uh, I think most people that would listen to this show uh, would agree with that. And if not, they damn well should. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, that's coming from the outside. Like, you know, for you guys, is it just more of like a natural progression of like, hey, let's, let's you know, kind of, uh, let, let's psych this out a little bit. Let's like do a big sweeping sound here that like, otherwise we would like do more like square riffs. Like what, you know, are you even thinking about any of that or is it just like? Oh, yes. Yes. There, there's riffs you hit on a, um, a particular battle that exists for us okay. and and kevin is so adept at coming up with riffs that we have to constantly fight ourselves and fight our our urges to just riff out all over the place because they're fun and they're great and they sound cool but then once we get through with it, it, it there's something that it's it's not doing that we need it to do and then uh, enter the shoegazy stuff or yeah. the the uh, organic uh, time signature stuff. That it's 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 surprising to us. I mean, our songs like go through these phases where there's the initial attack on it, then we get away from it for a couple of weeks, and then we'll let it kind of marinate. We come back in the room and we'll work on it some more. It'll make some distinct. Uh, changes and, and once it hits this kind of plateau it's like quote unquote ready to go into the studio and record and they all turn out to be different songs once we get in the studio as well yeah there's this final thing that happens where I think that's where the magic happens for us especially in mixing 
where if we're smart about um, constructing them in a way to where once we get in there, then we can have fun and do some some weird shit, then, you know, it, it'll come out in a way that surprises us a lot of times. It's hard to not get bored and feel ridiculous. Yeah. When you're when you're making a song, you're in this room and you're making these cho these choices that are super subjective and yet they're they're very clearly the right choice and then there's a myriad of wrong choices and that doesn't make sense either so it's a fucking ridiculous predicament to write a song that makes any kind of sense to more than one person you know i mean if we wrote the perfect riff seems like we could just play that for 10 minutes variations on a theme right right i've been wanting to do an album of just variations on one theme forever because it would be so easy and so satisfying to not have to make all those choices just do it 12 different ways <laughs> exactly like duck yeah so so two things uh alert fan and friend uh jonathan brown said according to the meta closed captioning shoegaze equals shoecase so may I suggest that as a, you know, if you don't use Terminator for the, for the next, for the next song, then you can use Shoecase instead of Jonathan Shoegaze. Jonathan is going to heckle the shit out of this thing. And, that, and I see he's already started. I'm yeah, looking yeah. forward to more from Jonathan. JB. <laughs> JB, JB, JB's got it. Uh, JB. Yeah. Which, which, uh, yeah, in, in the interest of full disclosure, he has a, he has a secret friend as well, but he's, he's also an explicit one. And it's always a pleasure whenever he tunes in. I know he's a busy man. Uh, so yeah, so on that, and, and uh, like, how do you know when it's fully baked, right? Like, when, when do you stop? When's it enough? I mean, <laughs> what what generally happens is there'll be a riff that comes kind of seemingly seemingly out of nowhere, and Brent will have a I can't do this, I can't do this, and I can't do this because then it will be this, and he'll come in and against it. And we'll try something and it'll fall flat on its face and then right. we'll leave it and then we'll try something. And it's so good that we leave it because we'll fuck it up. you don't want to touch it at that point. It's too, it's like, Oh shit, don't touch this. Like Teresa. Right. When we did Teresa, you know, the reason that's a problematic song is because I don't know what the fuck time signature I'm in, but he does this thing that it resolves somewhere down the line and we literally just played our parts until they resolved at kind of the right time and then i just trimmed the part to make it fit now that seems really kind of stupid and but it was just the way that it that it worked and and we're like okay i'll see you at 18 or 19 or whatever the fuck that is down there i'll see you there right and when we got that we were like, okay, record that. Let's don't touch it. Something's something is really cool right there, and I have no idea why it's working. And you know, then you then you kind of sneak up on it like you're sneaking up on some kind of thing in the woods. <laughs> it sounds like you're hunting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you're trying to figure it out. You don't know what it is, and you're trying to figure it out. So, and then you go through it all over again in the studio. Yeah. Once you're hearing it with some sounds attached to it. <clears throat> And, and then you start mixing and then unfortunately for the engineer, that's when the ideas start pouring in, <laughs> uh, the bright ideas. I'm usually the most guilty of that. Uh, I get shot out of a cannon and I'm just like, oh, you do this. And 
Um, we kind of take turns on whoever's got the scent for what needs to happen on a particular song. It's more meaningful for whatever reason to one of the two of us, then we'll, the other person will recognize, okay, this is this is you. You go ahead and scoot your chair up closer to, to Eric and you tell him what's going on. Right, it's the put me in coach, I'm ready to play moment. Yeah. If, if yeah. You <laughs> your time has arrived. <laughs> so do you it's think- so fun. Do you do you think that uh, has it always sort of has it always been that way for you guys in the studio or is that like somewhat like you know more on the uh, the recent records and the recent only times? since we learned more about the studio you know you start out and you don't really get to touch shit you know in, in ice yeah. on icing we recorded that on a weekend and we didn't get to do anything to it we didn't get to listen to it hardly we didn't get to have any second sight on it or perspective and so it is what it is it started at heroin man yeah 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 that's, yeah. When, that's when I first realized. Oh, I can blurt out whatever the fuck I want to, and if I stamp my feet hard enough, we're gonna try this stupid idea. And you know, two out of fifty hit, and they hit good. <laughs> those two, though, those two, bang, yeah. yeah it's like, uh, Brent's got an idea. I roll. Here we go. That's when we also <laughs> understood what mastering was, and that mastering was really just another shot at making stuff. Yeah. And when I went, I remember when King got the bill for mastering for heroin man he was shocked um but when i went to mastering and there was so much still that you could do and we you know cross-faded shit i was like what the this is amazing yeah and now nobody does that yeah now <laughs> everybody now, gets, now gets from what i've here everyone wall. just puts the verse on again at the end of the song and cuts it off halfway through that's that's uh, that's, that's what i'm hearing every time i hear the radio now it's interesting there, there was a in the 2000s it was just you know, it wasn't even a loudness war. It was just got one gigantic wa- like block. The waveform is just a block. <laughs> you know, where it's yeah. like there's like no I think dynamics that's at all. Probably what shoegaze did, and you know, maybe that's a ride in my bloody Valentine. I mean, shit. Probably Velvet Underground was yeah. doing that back then. They Sister just Ray. Didn't really, they yeah. just didn't record it. They loud. didn't record it loud. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and there's and you know whatever if that's the aesthetic, that's fine. Like I mean, I think the ultimate culmination of that is like the Iggy mixes of raw power, right? Where it's just like I've never heard a louder record in my life, and you know I've toured with Jucifer. Like it's like oh my god, you know it, it's ridiculous. And I think it's interesting to hear you guys kind of talk about that side of it because I think mastering is like the thing that like is understood the least, even by musicians. Like yeah. nobody knows nobody knows what mastering is except for basically mastering engineers. But you can Mike, know Mike McCarthy, he it, knows what mastering it is. It is a weird thing. Have the clock. You can you can get no clock level or you can get the clock level and then you're gonna pay for the clock. Right. And that's the mastering clock. The mastering clock. The yeah, mastering yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, cl- the clock in question is the mastering off. clock. Yeah, exactly. It's it's yeah, it's notable too that when you get something that hasn't been mastered and you understand mastering, you're like, oh, didn't master it, huh? All right. <laughs> <laughs> like you can tell, right? Like when you when you, when you know when you know you know. Yeah, I mean, when you hear the difference, it's like, wow, that's that doesn't even make sense, but it's there. It's real. So, so I remember Eric was mastering. Eric did the mastering on the last thing, and <laughs> he said he was. Go- I'm going to change into my mastering hat now, and uh, he would start mastering, and then I'd be sitting there for some of it, and I'd be going, what "The fuck's going on?" And he, and then he'd go, "Ooh, 
I think that's it. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Nothing happened. And, uh, and he, but you know, he's listening to different, different things, you know, yeah. he's almost, he's almost listening to his work right? and not our work at that point. Uh, right. Uh, our work is done. Yeah, yeah. It's not like we're going to go back in and do some shit in the mastering process at, at that point, really. And um, he's going, I could bring that up. I could bring this down. I could enunciate this. I could enunciate that. So he's listening to certain things. Getting frustrated by his own work. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hope he's listening. <laughs> Did you not, you see? You? <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he does. He's got a little it's kid. This guy's got, he's got things to do. He'll catch on the replay. That's fine. There's, there's a million yeah. ways to listen to this <laughs> bloody show. Believe me. Uh so we talked about icing, right? Let, let's just take it all the way back to the beginning. We talked about King. Um, you did that one uh, in 92. There's the one song that's like kind of played on Peel. Uh, I think you Smart Studios, I think is what, yeah. is, is where you track that, right? Yeah. So Pink Party Dessert. Right. <laughs> yeah, Party Dessert, yes. <laughs> yes, yeah, Pink Party Dessert. That was on Peel, yeah. Oh, okay. That's yeah. That's 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 what I was referring to. Uh, and you know, you, you got you guys are doing your own thing. You're coming from a uh, what I can only assume, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is a community of bands that kind of are all doing something cool, but like kind of all doing their own thing. Which is very much an Austin music scene commentary. Right. Exactly that. It's nobody sounds the same. But everyone's doing something that's their own thing, and and pretty interesting. So. So what was, did you just know King Coffee from Butthole Surfers, just from like the scene, just from around, like, you know, what, what was, how did, how did that all shake out? How did that all shake out? <sighs> yes is the short answer. Yeah. I mean, this, this, the, scene. <laughs> the scene was really small, right? It felt, or it felt small and insular. And I felt like, God, that's actually a, a really interesting question. Oh, Ed Hall was Ed on Hall. his radar. Yeah, Ed Hall. We Ed Hall toured with the Buttholes, and so he was familiar with us and me specifically from that time period. And um, you know, we all practiced at the same place. So when we would go to practice, when Ed Hall would go to practice, Butthole Surfers were in a big room in the back there they had the they had the big place and then we all had these like satellite rooms around them and ed hall was practicing there and uh, that was we were practicing when i quit ed hall because we were working on a song that we had been working on for i swear since we started <laughs> and we you know we had just finished uh glory hole and it was in that time period between when you finish it and it comes out where I, I usually get really depressed. I'm like, did we do enough? Is it good enough? Is it cool? Am I going to like it? You know, what about that thing that we didn't touch? What about this? What about that? There's nothing you can do in that time period. And there's no feedback yet. So you don't know what the fuck's going on from the outside. And we were working on this song and I went, fuck this, man. I cannot do this anymore you know, what are we doing? Let's make some fucking decisions. And, you know, so it was, I quit and we, then we got a, a practice space like two doors down from Ed Hall in the same spot. And that's where we practiced. <laughs> and they'd come in and write nasty stuff on the wall when they'd come to practice. And you know, tell them about your first practice as cherubs. No, tell me about it. Uh, King coffee. 
was auditioned for the part. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'm the second drummer. Whoa. Minus, minus one practice. And King said, I don't understand what the fuck y'all are doing. <laughs> <laughs> we tried to play half a rat. We had half a rat mm -hmm. and we had uh, Spitwad, I think. Yeah. We had a few songs and, and half a, but half a rat was the one, right? And we were like, he's going to get half a rat. He's going to kill it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we started playing it. And then when we came to the uh, the break or the rundown, mm -hmm. it was like, what the fuck are y'all? What is this? So we, we'd go over and go start over, start over, start over, start over. And he was he got really frustrated. And we were like, what the fuck is wrong with you, man? Why can't you get this? Because <laughs> we didn't know. Yeah. We didn't know anything about it. All we knew was that we knew it and that anyone else would easily know this yeah, shit. Yeah, everyone knows it. It's half a rat. Come on. Everyone knows it. It's practically uh, a standard. It was rough for both of us because we thought, we're going to knock this shit out of the park. And, uh, and it didn't happen. And, um, you know, we all slunk off. We thought something was wrong with us, and he thought something was wrong with him, and um, and Brent was at Wheatsville. I don't even know how. You we... probably went into work the next day, and you saw me going. Hmm. Maybe so. Healing explosion was pretty cool. Well, I fucking loved Healing Explosion. Yeah. Um, we've, so we've stolen a uh, yeah, we stole the, share from that the band. sugary riff uh, that one of the riffs in that song is from that band. Um, so yeah we knew him at that point and trance well ed hall glory hole was there was a time there was a moment when glory when 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 ed hall's records ceased to be put out with tom flynn over at boner mm, yeah. and started at trance and it might have been glory hole might have been the one i can't remember that for sure now but i'm pretty sure i think you're right glory hole might have been the first one so we were on that label and uh you know <laughs> the upshot of that was that he loved us he loved us before because because it was so weird in that practice time that that we had and i think when brent came on and we started to actually do it we were giving him cassette tapes saying you see this is how it's supposed to sound king <laughs> That's he was amazing. such a sweetheart and he still is um but it was it was weird, it was just a weird moment for both of us, really. It's so funny because it's not like that dude is a stranger to weird music, or like weird song no. arrangements, you know? No, like... not at all. And I think that's why he really liked the stuff. He was yeah. like, "Holy shit, what is this going to turn into?" We didn't know. Yeah, we yeah. didn't know what it was going to turn into. Um, we just knew that we were liking all the stuff that we were hearing around us, and we wanted to be a part of it. You know, we'd heard uh, all of the bands. Everyone heard all the bands. And uh, we went up, you know, it's like, fuck, this is cool, man. So we were just trying to be a part of it. Did, and this is, and that's uh, 92, right? Uh, like 90, 91, 92, somewhere. Yeah. So it's like right as the gold 91. rush is starting, right? The, 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 the music gold rush where like they let the weirdos in for a half second and before they yeah. autocorrected. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess that was when punk pure punk had run a little bit of its course and then you started to have these iterations off of it yeah and i think every band every heavy band in 1991 was asking themselves how much like the melvin should we sound <laughs> yeah and you know 
I remember thinking, you know, some of them still up, are, by the way. Anyway, yeah, move on. Sure. <laughs> I grew up with, um, you know, rocks, Aerosmith rocks, and all the the seventies kind of heavy stuff. And so when rocks Green is so Ripley, good, by the way, uh, like I, I I love that record. I got it. Oh fuck! Still, yeah, still I mean, slams. That that is just an insane record. Those first three songs. Yeah, it's. What are you gonna do? That's yeah. slay. They slay. <laughs> And, and uh, you know, when, when Green River started to do all that stuff up there and it sounded like that, I was like, whoa, these guys are going straight to my source. At yeah, least, yeah. You know? And it was cool. And I was really damn sad when that all split up into Mother Love Bone and Mud Honey and all that because, you know, I know Brent loves Mud Honey, but I've never really – they don't do it for me. I never really, really liked them. Huh. No, absolutely not. Like I was like – when I when Touch Me I'm Six took off, I was like, "Fucking why?" And uh, we're a different generation. <laughs> I guess so. Cause I think Mud no, is brilliant kiss personally. Us, but you know, Kiss unites us. Kiss unites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, kiss, kiss is both a, a uniter and a divider, but amongst musicians, Ooh, yeah, usually a uniter. Yeah. <laughs> Cheap Trick unites us. Cheap Ooh. Trick is yeah. Everyone can agree on Cheap Trick. Fuck yeah. Uh, by yeah. the way. The one and only time I saw Aerosmith was with Cheap Trick. I, I reviewed it for the local weekly as like, here's a classic punk rocker goes and sees Arena Rock show. But they started, yeah. uh, and Cheap Trick was just predictably amazing, but they started with a combination. And I was like, okay. Ooh. Nice. Wow. I see what, okay. And they didn't play That's any deep. of the, That's Yeah. A deep cut. I was stoked. And and, and wow. they, they didn't play any of the Desmond Child songs. So I'm like, fuck yes. Didn't have to hear any of that BS. Uh, <laughs> and. The only the the only rotten part of the night is they did some stuff. I guess they have a record where it's all like blues numbers uh, that is entitled "Honkin' on Bobo," and uh, oh, they did a few songs from apparently "Honkin' on Bobo," which sounds like a bit, but it's it's apparently a real record, and it was just dreadful. Like I was like, "This is ear cancer. I'm gonna go get a beer," but wow. but then you, it was still when they hit the rockers, man, it was good. Yeah. Like, look, yeah. I'll goof on Aerosmith all day long and twice on Tuesdays, but that was a good ass rock show with like eight, nine dollar beers. But you know, whatever. You know, that was the experience. <laughs> Cheap now. Yeah. <laughs> nine dollar beers. <laughs> exactly. Cheap now. Oh, they're on discount, huh? <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, all right. But anyway, who who cares about Aerosmith? Honking no, on Bobo. Honking. Yeah. It's dreadful. It's it's it's. I mean, here's the deal. What do you think that sounds like? That's what it sounds like, and it's terrible. You know, yeah, like it's, I'm it's, sure. it's just somebody should have been like, "Hey, man, no, don't do that." Yeah, <laughs> it ain't no dick of dumb dumb. <laughs> no, it's not. Who's that? Oh fuck! Oh fuck, Martine, if you're watching, please uh, throw throw send, it in, in the in chat. A message yeah. and tell us who <laughs> that was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, throw it in the chat shit. box or chat boxes. We got like five of them now. Damn it! We got it in Brussels. The the greatest seven inch single maybe ever made. Dick a dum dum, dick a dum dum. Damn, that was a good record. <laughs> I'm intrigued now. Now I now I must know. Uh, oh, you're gonna freak out. Okay. The, the phrasing, the phrasing on this on that on that is incredible. Oh God, I can't remember the dude's name. Don't talk amongst yourself. It's so good. Brent's looking it up. We'll is find it. D I K. D I K. Yeah. <laughs> Dick, dick uh, clearly, it's, clearly it would be DIK. Yes, you're, you're gonna <laughs> come on, it's gonna worm you out. Oh, so good. from the chat box, honking on Bobo deluxe package came with a mini harmonica. 
Oh God. Yeah. So that there you go. That's uh that's that's the Aerosmith boys keeping it fun. <laughs> Wow. Here it comes. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Take mean, a dumb dumb. O'Connor. All right. Des O'Connor. <laughs> That's you, insane. There you go. Everyone's. <laughs> we're all learning a little something on this episode. It's lovely. Yes. <laughs> Uh, anyway, back to icing. Uh, yeah. so, so that record comes out. It's you know I, I always refer to that as you know the gold rush times for like again, because there's there was just this this kind of brief moment where like the Borg didn't know exactly how to deal with stuff and it couldn't assimilate them yet. So the weirdos got got to like parlay their stuff to like a larger audience before they figured it out and we got all the uh, bands I'm not going to name that were the manufactured alternative bands. So that said, Germs were pretty much Freak Factor 9 from the jump. Like, you guys clearly went by, you know, you flew your own flag, ran your own race. Uh, what, what was it like as a band then? Like, what were you... Like, was it getting over when you, when, you, when you played for folks? Was it, like, was it you know, was it uh, Pearls Before Swine? Was it like a flying saucer attack? Any and all of the above? Like, it was early days. For icing specifically yeah I, I i don't think that we had figured out exactly what we wanted to do yet and i think it shows if you go back and listen uh in reverse order to the records you i think you want to go back and oh, i've heard songs from icing you hear these little um little things that refer to what's coming next but it seemed like there was a little bit of confusion still at yeah. that point as far as is how we were going to construct songs and strategies and approaches and sounds and stuff. I mean, there's some great songs on the record, I think, but mm-hmm. no, absolutely. But it, it if, definitely if, sounds, if I had to pick one record that exemplifies us the least, then that would be it. Personally. Do you, do you remember how it was received though? Like I, I remember we were out of the gate and playing for big crowds fast. Yeah. It, it, it fit the times apparently it was heady i remember going going to emos and playing at emos and going jesus this place is fucking packed and we hadn't been around you know we hadn't played anywhere we had a record before we played yeah 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 and people were like they i don't remember that being a bad thing you know a lot of people would think that we would be like oh these it was they didn't pay their they didn't pay their dues but i think it was received well well a couple of my my scummy Punk rock friends probably felt that way. Right, right. Yeah, their opinions don't fucking matter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Average amount still zero. Yeah, it felt yeah. like we were off to the races. I remember that because I, you know, being from Ed, well, you were in Sugar Shack, and Sugar Shack had fucking massive crowds. But yeah. Ed Hall, we played to nobody for a long yeah. fucking time. It took a long time for us to for us to get uh, to take hold. And I remember the cherubs part of that was like, pfft, did not exist. We were just off and running. It was real fast. That's and that was true. cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was going to say that sounds cool. Yeah. What's yeah, that yeah, like? It was cool. <laughs> it, it was not lost on us. You know, it was like, yeah. fuck, it was cool. The only thing that was missing, which is a big difference between the newest incarnation, mm-hmm. um, was girls 
at the shows. Right. Yeah. There wasn't true. one to be found. Maybe one. <laughs> More dudes in a rush concert, huh? <laughs> oh my god. It was crazy. I remember that I remember when you see some girls and it's like, golly, there's a girl. It was like an exotic thing at a show because all the guys were <laughs> it was just guys that wanted to fucking tear shit up. And you know, I remember going to uh some dude's house. I don't remember where it was, but we were at his house and he was he was a fucking weirdo. And you know, he was saying he wanted to talk about the song All Chickened Out. And he's saying, is that, is that when you get tired of fucking little boys? Whoa. And, and I was like, what? I said, that's what you think that song is about? <laughs> and he goes, well, I mean, that's what it sounds like. I was like, fuck. <laughs> you know, you don't, you don't, you don't know how your shit's going to go. Yeah, no joke. People and and what's going to happen. Of this, this is, and it was, ooh. I was like, it made me want to not do it anymore just because like you put that shit out there yeah and if it doesn't sound like a damn nursery rhyme nobody's gotten you know it's like oh it's it's okay it's everything's yeah. okay you keep but you can't do this big music and and be nasty and have people and that, if that's what how it's going to be interpreted it's fucking scary god i i i once got super bummed out because someone charitably to them compared my band to alice in chains and i was like oh <laughs> but i mean that's like yeah. That's like a birthday yeah. party compared to that comment. Oh, Good lord! Yeah, that's awesome. That's an I mean, shit. That's that's awesome relative to some of this stuff that I I just these little bitty snippets and you're going, <laughs> man. They it. used to compare us to Helmet all the time. Yeah, it's I if this did not. Hear I didn't see. I, I didn't, didn't hear. I didn't hear that either. I, we are not militaristic like that, you know. Yeah, it, it's like on the fucking thing. Boom, 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 boom. We are not like that. We're a jalopy. Well, and I think the the jalopy you hit full speed when you hit the Heroin Man, which I consider one of the best records of the '90s, like, and certainly one of the most uh, unique <laughs> sounding. And that, it, to me, that's when it seems like the band kind of found its voice uh, yeah, from the outside. That's for sure. That's for sure. So talk we to, were a little bit more in control of what was going on at that point. So, so talk to me about that that one. You so you've now you've been a band and played shows and you know like what gets over and what you like doing and what you probably are not going to be doing again like you know how does that inform how does that inform the writing for that record man that whole thing was a blizzard to me and i can't still can't understand <laughs> yeah. how we recorded that many songs i don't even understand how we did that. we we had just boundless um, energy creative and physical and and we were excited by everything that we were doing and and we didn't realize what was good or what was bad we just liked it all and and I, we had had some experiences going in the studio and recording stuff in, in other bands before that and icing uh which was a real different experience but yeah. this was the first time we went into a studio mike bosquez uh owned sweatbox studios they were a new studio and he was still learning and he he let us put our hands all over the board and say, what would it sound like if I turn this? Right, right. What does this one do? What is it? Yeah. Yeah. Did I just do that? And Paul Stottinger was in there kind of going, well, technically you can't do that. Um, but he knew kind of how what, what was going on a little bit. There we go. Sorry about that. I remember Brian the conversation. Nelson said he was in there. Uh, do you remember the conversation when we, we said we want – everything to go into the red 
and there was this big debate yeah. about why it wouldn't be a good idea yeah. and how it wouldn't translate. And yeah, uh, yeah the naysaying was, was... It was big. It I, was I remember that. It was palpable. And I remember, too, when that record came out, Adam Wiltsey called me or I ran into him somewhere and he, and he said, I want to talk to you about heroin, man. And, uh, you know, Adam at that point had been with flaming lips, not playing in the flaming lips, but I think it was their sound man. And he went on to become stars of the lid. Oh and, yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And so when he, when he, he goes, I want to know how you guys got those sounds on that record. And I was like, fuck dude, I do not know. You know, we were just tearing shit up in there. Yeah, we yeah, were yeah. turning things up too high. We were, we were just, we were just figuring it out yeah. and we didn't know what to, you know. That was the record where we discovered, um, having, a, a separate track, what we call a noise bed where there's just some, some guitar some noise, thing going. feedback or buzz or whatever, just happening at very low levels in the mix would do all of these weird symphonic things to the song to where you you think you hear violas in this one part and then you think you hear some kind of industrial hammer like hitting right here and that stuff's not in there but it was turning into this like that's when i realized the studio is where the magic happens it's uh, you know the Overtones. songs are, are yeah. they're one thing when you go in and they're completely different when you leave we couldn't get it to be like the live stuff. It never felt uh, noisy enough. And right. and it never felt, you know, one of the things about cherubs on the guitar parts were that I always wanted to have uh, strings ringing, open strings yeah, ringing. Yeah, like Ron so Ashton, I, like the Stooges. Like Ron, Ron Ashton and the Stooges would always do that. And that was his yeah. nod to... Uh, um, uh god the the, the yes the, what am i i can't think of the guy uh the thing i'm i'm, I'm for those listening to the audio version i'm flailing around wildly trying to mime playing the esoteric <laughs> instrument i can't think of it's quite entertaining uh, anyway but yeah 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 the, the the ringing out yes please continue yeah so we couldn't get it we didn't we never could figure out to do it until we realized oh we can just we'll make it we'll yeah. make we'll just we'll put it back in and you know they sound like bees and so we put the bees in and the bees come in on songs and we use them uh, to, to kind of as a, as a bed for things. And then they go away sometimes, but you know, that's part of the, having those strings ring out because we were trying to be, we were three pieces and we were trying to be as gigantic as possible. So yeah. everything needed to be on and loud. And, and that was one of the ways to do it was just like fucking just make it loud, make every string ring. And, and we also grew up in the cassette era where if you have a crappy cassette player and you had it up too loud, you'd get this natural distortion. distortion. Yeah. And there was no other bands that sounded like that unless you listened to their music on a cassette turned up too loud or in a, a shitty stock car stereo that True was that. up too loud. Yeah. And we talked about that and we were like, how can we get that? And like, let's just push the levels. And and I didn't realize that we were going to come up against it with the engineers on that. But but now uh, lots of people do it. So apparently it's okay. You were do way you in your time, who, yeah. Do you remember a specific cassette or specific bands or cassettes that hit you that way that you were like, oh, my God? Well, for me in my, my old caddy, I had the 8-track and I used to listen to 
Boston and the Stooges on eight track and oh, have it just blasting. Okay. It was the shittiest stereo. And it's and it sounded amazing. amazing and nothing else ever sounded like that. What's funny I is I could hear both of those bands joke. sounding super killer killing that way. Revelations. Yeah. I had a cassette in West, in, in West Texas State, Canyon, Texas. And I don't know where the fuck this cassette came from, but it was playing in some on a, in a studio one time on a little bitty jam box. And it was, you know, Here Come the Pandies and the Hum mm -hmm. and all those songs on that fucking record. And it was just blasting through this thing. And I thought, this is, this is the fucking jam noted Th noted yeah mm -hmm. this is scaring the shit out of me <laughs> and and it shouldn't be it's just a some sound coming out of a damn uh cassette player and that record is amazing but boy it's really amazing on cassette coming out of a stupid jam box and there's something to be said for that format and, and the limitations of that format and especially for a certain kind of music and yeah I, when I when I think of Heroin Man, I mean that is a unique sounding record. Like it, there is nothing that quite sounds like that record. And that was the first thing. Like before I even gave any thought to the music, I was like, "This sounds nuts." It was the first thing I heard. But I was like, "Tell me more. I want I want to listen to it more." And by the way, if I had a dollar for every time like the 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 fake phone off the hook sound, got mission me. accomplished. You sons of bitches. <laughs> <laughs> like it's so many times and I know I'm listening to the record I'm like oh shit somebody left the phone off the hook like you know this is back when there was uh, for the younger listeners there were these things called landlines and if you left them off the hook they would make a really obnoxious noise that intros a very cool song on that record but it would get me every time I'm like how is this still happening to me like I feel like and that was that was predicted like right then and there at the moment that we were mixing and the phone actually got knocked off the hook my long arms laying there on the couch listening back yeah. there in the control room and here it goes and it's mixing perfectly with the song and there's another like brent idea moment stop the presses and yeah. and we threw it on there and uh we must have just laughed and laughed for for hours just thinking about People just like you having that oh, experience, looking around for the phone that they don't even have anymore. Again, happened happened way more times than I really care to admit, frankly. But it, it I'm was, just happy. Yeah, it's now. Now, if someone heard that, they go, "Fuck, that's a cool sound." I wonder yeah, how they, that? What, what is that? How do you get that? What kind of synth is that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What kind of plugin are you using? That's being old. You get well, that by being day. old. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but but that's a good example of because because when people talk about you know, not that I would reductively use the term to describe your band, but like when they talk about noise rock, that tends to mean different things for different people. Uh, some of which seem to think it just means noise music, but like that is a noisy record. Like that record is noisy. Like in the fact that there are just crazy noises coming in from like from over here, over there, under you know whatever, underneath the couch. Like who knows where they're coming from? But it all works as a because it's it's. The first time I'd ever heard that kind of stuff used in record making, which isn't to say that like, you know, of course, Velvet Underground, you know, like what I can I can I can trot off the record store list, you know, the scroll that goes down to the floor and goes into the, you know, OK, we get it. But like for me, it, it seems like you guys kind of touched on something that, man, at least like 10, 15 years before anyone else is doing it. I mean, fuck Radiohead, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure nobody will be offended by that comment. Right, <laughs> exactly. Now, that, that, by the way, uh, uh, was it uh, Tom York coming up next week? I couldn't. <laughs> uh, 
but but I mean, were you? Did you have the idea that you were making something? It's like, oh, well, this is this is special. This is this is hitting a little different. This this is hitting deep. No, not so much. It was just fun. Okay. We were just having fun. We were just making it weird and noisy, yeah. and rocking. You know, there's something about. I remember seeing some interview with Iggy Pop, and it was on. Uh, it was literally like. Uh, daytime TV. I don't remember who it actually was. And the, the, the interviewer, the woman spacing on her name. Anyway, she asked him, so what are you listening to these days? And he goes, the vacuum cleaner. And, and I remember when he said that, I thought, awesome. I remembered a time when I was, you know, at home, like, you know, in eighth grade, ninth grade, something like that. And I'm on the floor reading or something and I'm listening to the washing machine and the yeah. washing machine maybe has shoes in it and it's going around and I'm going and I'm listening to it and then you know it ends or my mom stops it to take the shoes out or something and I remember going oh turn that back on turn it back on and I remember <laughs> going I, and so what was happening was is I was making something to it and I was listening to it and I was yeah, going yeah. oh that's oh Oh, oh. And when he said that on TV, I was like, it was it was almost like Anita Bryant, but it wasn't her. I was like, fuck yes. Cause I've done that. The blender. Yeah, yeah. The washing machine, the dryer. Jesus. The dryer's better than yeah. the washing machine. Yeah. Because the dryer is not full of water. It's got that, it's got a resonance to it. Yeah. And so when we started doing that shit, it was like this is making way more sense than it should. When we were adding noise to stuff or when we were listening to what the ghost notes were doing or the incidental notes, everything started to kind of open up. It was like, whoa, this is how we do it. This is how we can do it. We can, we can have all this shit buried in here and it's just naturally going to be that way. We'll naturally play it that way. Um, you know, we didn't really clue into being able to play the, uh, I don't know how we clued into playing the, the off the, the gorilla alarm clock. Yeah, or any of that stuff. I remember going. You had to play it through the, through the PA, and you were. I just it was, held it up to the microphone. Right, and yeah. you were going to have to somehow stay to it. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Yeah. It worked out okay. But anyway, we, kids today have no idea we, how difficult it was back in the day. Oh fuck! <laughs> you had to hold up the gorilla alarm clock to the microphone, <laughs> like a yeah. popper. <laughs> well but that's i mean but it, it shows through in the in their record and, and their sort of delight of you know using the unorthodox i, I mean was and this again it's it's a very compelling record and an interesting listen i mean did you have did you always knew stag party was going to be the the intro where you're like that's it that's the that's the first song that's the statement of intent or not until not until the off the hook signal got added to it and then when that happened, I think that we kind of did know that was going to be the opener. Yeah. <clears throat> that yeah. song didn't, it didn't have that on there until the late in the fourth quarter. If you pardon my sports. <laughs> <laughs> we will allow Texas. it. Yeah. <laughs> sports. And it, it's, it's got, uh, you know, it, it's got that thing where, I mean, and maybe this is just me. I feel like people 
had more patience for longer records back then too. I think people have like gotten a little ADD riddled these days, and like a lot, a lot of the records, like, oh wow, no, that's for sure. <clears throat> that's for sure. I mean, we made that thing to to have an arc, right? It, yeah, it was neat, especially toward the end where the things blend in together, and it kind of gets a little bit. It's a sweet uh, almost symphonic with play doh going into example yeah. made in Japan and all that. You know, it gets like, and that was mastering, but that was built to listen to it. <laughs> it wasn't built for you know one song here and one song there. It just wasn't. Yeah, I mean, how do you? How do you guys reconcile that and being, you know, a, a band ostensibly that makes records to be listened to as records, and then now dealing with the fact that basically everything's all a cart, you know, like like as we record this, it's Spotify is the gorilla in the room, right? But it's it's all a cart these days, flat out. Yeah, we came up we came up against that on this uh, double seven inch that we released, Fist in the Air. Yeah, and there's a song on there called the Donkey Suite, which is really two songs that that related so well that they were the same song to us and we released them as one track. Right. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and <laughs> it, it still burns Kevin's riches to this day that, that those aren't two separate tracks. I mean, we set, we set that precedent with the, with Hanukkah on, uh, oh, that, yeah. that's the on, one. on, on that, on uh, short of popular. And is it one track or is it two? It's it's two, it's one. It's one. It's called Hanukkah, and there's two really two songs on it. But that's you know a lot of that was because that's also how we played it live. Mm -hmm. You know, and I don't know what came first. If we started playing it live, we're like, well, that's just the way it is. So, but isn't it better to have it be one track? Fuck yeah. So when the kids go to Spotify and hit the one track, they're yeah. hearing the whole yeah. thing. Yeah, fuck yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. We're, just, we're on the right side of history. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Vindicated again. There you go. Problem solved. Uh, yeah. So, uh, and, 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 one track to rule them all. I, I was going to say, uh, just the last thing on, on Heroin Man is that I, I really enjoyed the, uh, the recent editions, the art prints, um, the Hazelmeyer. Uh, versions oh, and yeah, whatnot. Those are really gorgeous. I thought that was cool. Glad he did that. I don't think he. I don't think he, he. I don't think he was into us in the day. I think it took him a while. Right. It wasn't that he wasn't into us. He. He intimated to me uh, that we were kind of, uh, kind of the competition. Um, he knew that we played with a lot of his bands. Oh, and okay. And sure. so when he, whenever he would hear Hullabaloo about us, he'd be like, yeah, 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 Cherubs. What about cows? What about right. all of my <laughs> <laughs> And so it all came full circle for him. That, yeah. That's funny. They must have talked about that because I remember running into uh, Thor at a show, mm -hmm. at their show, not ours, it was, but it was at Emo's. And Debbie Pastor introduced me to Thor, and she'd go, this is Kevin from Cherubs. And he literally goes, oh, Jerry. <laughs> and I was like, dude, you're the fucking guitar player in Cows. Yeah. What are you fucking being a little boy for? Right. And it was it was just hilarious to see that. And I, went, and I was like, I was swollen with pride. <laughs> yeah. You know, because I was like, fuck yes. Thor from Cows just went, oh, Jerry. Yeah. And I was like, yes. <laughs> Unique guitar player in his own right, I might add. You know, so it's like. A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Hayes came down to Austin and did an art show right. at Leona Gallery and needed 
you know, some 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 big name local cred to bring some extra attention to the show. And he likes to press uh, an only available at the art show single mm-hmm. when possible. And and so we were it. And at the end of the show, he walked up to me and he goes, okay, I get it. I get it. <laughs> Y'all are pretty good. Y'all are pretty good. And then the relationship was born. And now, how many years fucking later, years later? Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. pictures of him holding my ball sack right. in front of his restaurant <laughs> yeah. in Minneapolis. Now he says, quit hugging me, man. Just quit hugging me. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, you Tom. guys, quit hugging me. I'm, I'm actually uh, I'm wearing a no coast t shirt. Oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've got that one. That, uh, that's yeah, that's, that's the one. The one that we uh, almost. That, that's going to say, that's the one we played, but I was like, oh, that's the one you guys played. were going to play and did not. Oh. Sad. I was sad. I was sad about that. Oh damn! It's that. that that's right. Because mm-hmm. it's the the Godzilla was the other one. Right before right? the COVID times hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck. Yeah. So tell me. Okay, I don't want to talk about be, being a bummer. Uh, JB was a no coast twenty twenty. Yes, I remember. <laughs> it would be it would be weird if you weren't. Uh, tell me about the album art. How did you? I mean, that's a vocative album cover. That's one that catches the attention. The well, I mean, God, we didn't have shit. That talk about fourth <laughs> quarter. I mean, really, we basically what it was. Well, fuck, it was a lot of things. Now that I think about it, it was a lot of things. I mean, a friend of ours OD'd, yeah. and on heroin, which is kind of where all that shit came from. And you know, we were uh, we loved. The, the Unsane art at that time, and it was a homage to that, and it definitely was influenced by that. Um, I mean, that was a weird time when when Dave died. It just felt like we were all uh, invincible, and when he died, it was like no fucking way. That's got to be not true. That's that that can't happen. That's not yeah. doesn't happen to us. We yeah. are invincible we are on fire we're all these things and i remember i couldn't even it was so abstract to me that i could not process it brent and him were famous together and for them and his family obviously (laughs) what are you gonna say what are you gonna it was as real as it gets the chronology of events is i think misunderstood a bit because the album was already done, already in the works mm-hmm. at the time of his death. And so the song wasn't originally written about him, but the whole thing just, it just became about him. And, and just, not just him, but it, it was just one of those things that the the future finally caught up and made sense about, about the past. Yeah. You know, one, a person, you when it, when it's in a when it's a circle that's a little bit further away from you, you can deny it. You can go, it's a one-off. That person, you know, they fucked up. It's a one-off. When it starts happening closer and closer, and people start dying closer and closer to you, and then it's right on you, it's uh, it's really hard to deny. Yeah. And I remember, 
it was super confusing to be putting this record together and be super excited about it and then have things like this happen. And it felt like it was coming after you. Like it was just coming after you. It was getting closer and getting closer. And uh, it, it put a pall on things, but it also made them more special at the same time. It's like, fuck, man, we cannot fuck up. We have to stay alive. I had already moved to New York at that time. Wow. Yeah, I know. It's confusing. It's super. Yeah, that's I, I didn't. Yeah, because we 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 made that record on the heels of touring like fools and we were playing all that stuff. Yes. And when we went in to record it, we just dashed it off. It was I mean, we were so good yeah. from touring <laughs> yeah. that we were just going bam, 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 bam. It's like done next, done next. We I even remember, wrote a couple of songs just while yeah. the tape was rolling and yeah. just played them. I remember doing the vocals. <laughs> okay, I'll come in tomorrow and do the vocals. And he was like, what do you mean? Well, just run it from the beginning and I'm going to do the vocals one right after the just other. Just do it right like goes, it was a set. Yeah. So basically what I came in the next day and he ran the tape and I just did the vocals one song after the other one take and then moved on. Wow. And because we were just, we were on, we were crazy. We were, had just gotten off the road and we were so, we were just so tight. We were so good. And, uh, it was done is all of a sudden it was done. It's like, wait a minute, this has got done too quick. Felt like it got done too quick. Yeah, so yeah. that's when we like, I'm going to put a, a track on this. I'll put the bees on here. And uh, that was, those are, that was weird. That, that whole time period was weird. I forgot about that. You moving to New York. It's a pretty big move. Yeah, that was December of 93. What's that? That's a pretty big move. Yeah, it was one that was inevitable for me at, at whatever point. And things went south with the band. Things went south with the girlfriend. Yeah. And I went, Choo. Yeah, it's always been hard to keep it keep it all together. It's just hard, you know, being in a band. I, I remember then it, it was fun, but it was hard. You can't do that. It's goddamn. That was uh, actually the beginning of a period of time where where Kevin realized how much he had to start worrying about me. And I think as a self-protection, we just, you know, lost contact slowly, but surely. <laughs> it's right. true. Yeah. I did not want to see you die. Right. There was yeah. that, there was that. Indeed. I was like, fuck, I Indeed. please go away and do that. Don't do mm. it right in front but of me. But it was all a setup for 10 years later for our triumphant right. return. It w yeah. Which is what one of the least expected but uh, most celebrated and uh, returns I can think of amongst my friends, friends group of like, wait, really? Like it was this, this like disbelief was the no, really? Same guys. Yeah. Join the club. We sat and had coffee <laughs> for about uh, seven or eight years, about five times a week. Uh -huh. And, and chuckled at the idea every time pretty much that yeah. we got together. It was just, but it's, it's because we thought getting together meant doing a reunion. We didn't, it didn't occur to us that we could uh, put out a new record and then just, just be a band again. Just be a band. Yeah. We well, didn't want to do a reunion and go play, you know, songs off of heroin man every night for people. Yeah. I mean, I, I have nothing but disdain for the reunion industrial complex. Don't get me wrong. You know, I'm, I'm not, <laughs> not that big of a fan, but it, that is not how it hit at all with you guys like it just was 
just sort of like, hey, this is imagine that there was an alternate reality and that there's cherubs making music. And that it sounds like this now. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Sounds, I'm in. Well, we would have done it sooner had we known that anybody gave a shit. Um, <laughs> but until until the internet picked up steam and social media and and we started hearing people started throwing around this the L word legends and, and all this kind of nonsense, Michigas. Um, there was kind of a series of events that led to it. And so, like I said, coffee for seven years, no way, no way, no yeah. how. Yeah, yeah. What's the point? Who would even care? And then we start getting messages from these these uh, beautiful, crazy people from Italy. And then we start getting messages from people in the Netherlands yeah. and Germany on MySpace. And on that tribute, and, the tribute. And, and then Sean like Gribb, you know, he uh, puts together this tribute of bands and, and we're like, what the fuck's going yeah. on here? <sighs> I mean, did that yeah, take time to, it didn't to seem reconcile? Like she was going to work anymore. That genre. Yeah. I, I was thought, there's no way. There's no way. Yeah. yeah and yeah. I remember when um, seeing whores come start to be a thing, and I was like, holy shit, this stuff still exists. You and, know? And Mets. And Mets, yeah. yeah. I was like, not only does it exist, but there's real passion behind it. It doesn't feel, uh, it feels like it's full of blood. Yeah. It felt really there. And I was like, that's really amazing. But that being said, we had no idea if we were going to be able to create songs that we liked that didn't sound 1994 all over again until we got into the room and actually and did gave it. a shot. We yeah. were, we were trepidatious. Did you feel, so first of all, the first thing I want to say is like, like again, and Sherp is one of those bands that, the legend has has grown, and I feel like that's a, a success story for how music propagates now. That weirdo music made by weirdos for weirdos, it's easier to find its audience now, and and that includes not just like a town you're playing, but all over the world. That's true. Yeah, and that's amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. I mean, that it wouldn't have happened if it hadn't have been for. Uh, you know, people making the, the, the tribute record and then it wouldn't have happened if the Italians wouldn't have take, taken us under their wing and brought us over there. I yeah. mean, they made that shit happen and it wouldn't have happened otherwise. I mean, not that we couldn't have done it, it but we needed help. Yeah, Manuel Vignani was, was instrumental Absolutely. to that happening. Absolutely. Could not have done it without him. Yeah. So do you... And so then the other side of it is it seems like you're walking into it with a certain amount of critical thinking and uh, self-awareness that, you know, like nobody wants to look foolish. Nobody wants to like, if you're going to do it, you're going to do the thing. Nobody wants to look foolish doing it, right? Like you want to make sure it's worthwhile and you want to make sure. Yeah. There's plenty of time thinking of those thoughts. Yeah. Right? I mean, you're doing that almost <laughs> on every song sometimes where you're going, is this song, how is this, how is this? in our continuum how does this song fit in it, are we pushing a boundary are we you know is this a waste of a person's time you yeah, know it's yeah, like yeah. we don't want to put anything out that's going to waste anybody's time I, I would i would hate to do something like that and had we not received the proper feedback that we'd so desperately needed to hear um, we probably wouldn't be sitting here right now but when we put out to infinity when we were 
writing and working on those songs. <clears throat> we didn't want it to sound like Heroin Man 2. Right. We didn't want it to sound like uh, we had gone off on our, our disco phase or some completely different band. <laughs> Um, hey, y'all like Gang of Four? We're doing that now. Yeah, exactly. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, now we can do that. We wanted to sound like like we kind of picked up where we left off and then advanced it in in the in a natural progression. And that's all these comments started popping up that said exactly that. And we were like, all right, high fives all over the place. Keep it going. Well, and I think if I remember right, uh, that sort of like Bandcamp and its infancy played a part in the story, which, you know, as I've mentioned, and it blows the mind. I'm on these other shows, and I almost like being on them more than talking to actual music interview people. Uh, they And they don't have a frame of reference. So when I, I say, like, no, there is one good service. There's a service that is actually artist-friendly, and that's Bandcamp, and everything else is trying to make you share crop, basically. <laughs> Bandcamp is incredible. I remember when it first came on, and I thought, man, this is a this is a good idea it's going to last about two months and yeah, they're going to make just, any money. <laughs> and they just kept on having good ideas. They kept on going, what else can we do? What else can we do? How can we turn this into something? And every time they were just knocking it out of the park. I was really impressed every time. It's like, fuck, these guys are changing the game. It's very punk rock in its way. Or a very, a it's very totally punk rock. It is. Yeah. <clears throat> And it's uh, so I, I love that that's part of the story. And that was so that was like what 2014, right? That you guys reconvened and you start being like, all right, let's let's you know strap strap it on and let's go. Let's let's figure this out. <laughs> uh, is there a moment that you hit the like boulder rolling down the hill where you're like, all right, yeah, sure, let's do this. Like, it, was it was there like that, that that key factor, that key moment of just like, yeah, this is the right decision. We're going with it. For me, yes, it was immediate. It was it was really a joyful experience to get in the room and have it be loud and play together and have it sound like us, but not be playing anything that we had ever done before. It was cool. Yeah. It seemed like it was going to be ridiculous, and I remember resisting it mightily because I was thinking, oh, we're going to get in this room as these older dudes, and we're going to we're going to try to take a stab at some glory. And then when want, we actually want to play heroin, man. Yeah, exactly. Look, <laughs> you want to try to play, uh, play black house. Party. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and then when we started playing, I was like, Holy shit. I couldn't believe how good it felt. I just didn't think that it was necessary. And now I actually do think it's necessary. Like it's part of who who I am, and it's part, I think it's part of us. It's part of who we are, and it's not that we even I I don't even think we identify it with it. We are it. We are. And when it's not there, it's you're missing a piece. And so when we started playing, and I thought, oh my god, this doesn't feel ridiculous. Why doesn't it feel ridiculous? It should. Yeah, yeah. But it didn't, and we kept on going, and you know, brutal panda. The idea that those guys believed in in it enough to just go, let's do this. You guys are great. Like that just felt so silly. And then yeah, all we could do was take it seriously enough to do it. So we did. Yeah. All these people uh, at crucial moments were just so emotionally generous and it was, it was uh, hard to deny at one point, you know, we tried 
we had to take responsibility for it. That's the it's fucking true. weird thing is like, you don't think you're going to have any effect on people. You're just doing this shit. And then when these people come back and they go, you fucking have to do this. You started it. Yeah. And you're like, wow, we have to take responsibility for what we did. And that doesn't make any sense and in, in noise rock. No. <laughs> and then people's kids are contacting you saying, you got me through uh, the, the tough times in my teenage yeah, years. Man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was like, it's holy like, shit. Oh, this shit has been passed down to another generation. Now. Yeah. It's fucking cool. Like, I wouldn't have guessed that. That's some legacy shit. Well, we're going to keep knows? making weird yeah. music. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it's yeah. going to have to be with each other because nobody else would have us. No, not with our process. It's such a it's fucking ridiculous. fucked up process. To, to be fair, it does sound very fucked up. Yes, and okay, uh, yeah. I say Thank that you. as a fan. I love Thank the you. results. Thank you for that. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and it just occurs to me too that you know th there's a lot of stories of, of bands that you know come back and and they, then they do then they do stuff and sometimes it's it's great sometimes it's their best work and sometimes it's just kind of there and sometimes it's like oh man you really shouldn't have done that but i feel like with you guys it's pretty vital like it's almost uh this is going to sound like probably sound a weird uh, parallel but like wire and the fact that wire's a band that just threw out the the rule book like you know 17 different times and that was like the first 3 years they were a band yeah <laughs> and yeah. that's one of my uh, all-time favorites and biggest influences yeah. they're crazy good and they've, you know, some of the stuff they've put out, like, in recent years, like, it's like, I wish people would, like, pay more attention to these records because they're they kind of rip, man. Like, it's it's great. Yeah. I remember running into one of those records. I don't remember which one it was now, but I There's think it was, it, was, it was after they had done, after they'd been quiet for a long time, and it yeah. came out, and I was like, fuck, this record is kind of deadly. Yeah. Se uh, Send was the one that, like, I was like, god damn, this might be better than yeah. Cheers yeah. Missing. <laughs> yeah. Shit. Yeah, you just have to get past the the difference of of the sounds that they're choosing to use, oh, yeah. and just listen to yeah. what the songs are really doing, and you're like, holy fuck! Yeah, yeah, because I mean, because if you think back, no, got it. Uh, if you think back to even a record I love, like Chairs Missing, where it's like it's kind of cold and austere sounding, using the recording technologies of the day, so then it's like, well, of course they would like use the recording technologies of now to make something. <laughs> Of course, like that's yeah, become normalized yeah. to us. We 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 hear it and like, oh, that sounds like that Wire record. And it's like, no, that sounded like something from Mars when it came out. You know, if you, if you all you listen to like Mott the Hoople, no offense to Mott the Hoople, Wire is gonna sound like it came from Jupiter. You know, like it's, it's yeah, <laughs> yeah. I re you know I remember um, one of the things that I have always been bummed about was Six Finger Satellite. Yes. You know, yes. when when they when God, they came on the scene, severe exposure was I mean, fuck, before severe exposure, the one with laughing Larry and all that shit on it. I say uh, the last stands for Larry. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. bird is the bird the, is the most pigeon the is the most, most popular bird. bird. Popular bird. <laughs> it's it's permanently mixed up with the shellac single in my mind now, which is the bird is the most popular finger, and I just I I can't get either <laughs> title right ever. Like it's they're just they're, it's just the permanent mashup. Anyway, but yeah, yeah, that's hilarious. I used to have that when shirt they... by the way, and uh, ex girlfriend took it, and I'm super pissed about it. But ooh, anyway, that's forever. Obviously, I'm still pissed about it. That was like yeah, twenty exactly. years ago. That's not going away. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, six finger satellite. Yeah. Fuck you, Mystic. Yeah. Well, when they, you know, when they did that record, I was like, "Fuck, that's an amazing record." Yeah. And I thought they'll never top it. And then they put out fucking severe exposure, and I just thought, 
what the fuck? That is an incredible record. It's just one of the most amazing records. Yeah. And then Paranormalized came out, and I was like, still badass. Yeah. Not severe exposure, but badass. And then, is that when... Uh, Law of Ruins is, was after that, I think. That's yeah, the one with the, and then the... it was like, uh-oh, uh-oh, what's happening? <laughs> and 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 <laughs> dude had left to start Juan McLean, right? Who was yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, uh, the yeah, the um, guitar player. Mm-hmm. And, and he, lots of cocaine, so, lots of side projects. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then Six Finger Satellite became started popular. putting out these records, right? Yeah. And I was like, but they were they didn't have the juice. The fucking juice was gone, and I thought, is that what we're gonna do? Are we going to put out some shit and it's not going to have any juice? It's not going to have the thing. And I was so worried about that with to infinity. And then our, and then when it, when it started to come together, I was like, it's got some juice. I don't fucking don't know who's going to listen to it. It's all going to be fucking 50 year old dudes. Right. Who are like, man, I knew these guys back in the day. I fucking saw them in yeah. Baltimore. Nothing against the 50-year-old. No, dude. no, no. It's great. Not. That's it's who great. we are. It's but even better when they're like, not on the internet, which so no you can still like them. No kids are going to listen to this. But... Kids are listening. They're not listening to this shit. They're listening to something else. But they are. And um, and and I and it just it it just made me. <laughs> it made me it just bummed me out even further regardless of what we were going to do it bummed me out further about six finger satellite yeah well and someone <laughs> it, was, it was just jeremiah ryan and the guys from blandon at some point <laughs> right it was just like like it wasn't yeah. even the same band like you didn't have you yeah. didn't have rick you didn't have Juan mclean you didn't have uh uh so and, and like whatever it, it's, it's to keep it the same band okay fine I ultimately, uh, so again, I guess this is the world's most insular six finger satellite discussion board, apparently. But uh, I kind of like Law Ruins now. I didn't love it when it came oh. out, but I, I, oh, I came yeah. back to that record. I, I, I dig it now, and I, I think okay, it's, good. I think it's good. good. But I was, I was with you. I was sort of like, oh, okay, huh? Well, it looks cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a nice. It was nice uh, all right, so so yeah, all right. So we have we've talked around to infinity. I think we we it'd be disingenuous not to address the actual music. So when you when you're when you're writing those songs, right, you're you're to a certain degree competing with yourself, but also trying to make it interesting for yourself. But then now there's this history behind it, and you're basically in a different epoch of time, as well. So yeah. Do you have to just put that away? Is that kind of always in back in mind? I mean, you talk, you talked There's about no putting it away. Yeah, okay. <laughs> every note, every decision. Do we do this three times? Do we do it four times? Do we do yeah. one measure of seven at the end of three measures of eight? Uh, right, every right. decision is contemplating how is this going to sound in 2014? In 2014, <laughs> right. to the people who listened to us in 1992. What are they going to say about this? Will they care? Who cares? It's going to, are people going to care? Will they, will it mean something to anyone but us? You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Well, and, and you know, it, it's, it stands on its own. Like, I feel like you don't necessarily need to have icing or have heroin man to be like, Hey, this is cool. I like this. This is a good record. And, and that's, isn't that what it's all about? Really? Like you don't have to, you know, you don't have to fight yourself from, 15 years ago like that. Is it like some Will Smith movie where he does that? 
that like uh <laughs> i'm sure there is yeah 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 but it's like a time travel concern and like uh he's an assassin and like his younger self comes to assassin i don't remember exactly i i haven't seen it i don't know why right. i'm talking about it but i i'm pretty sure that it exists and i'm pretty sure it's will smith anyway moving on uh when your younger selves <laughs> come to assassinate you no um <laughs> So then you get to come back and play the songs, new audiences, new people, some of the some of the folks that are the same, but, you know, a little older, maybe shirt size is too bigger, you know, like <laughs> it happens. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, people respond to it. Like it, it's vital. It works. Like it flies for lack of a better term. Right. So, I mean, do you just like let loose a huge sigh of relief of like, oh God, I'm glad that worked. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, the biggest sigh you could imagine. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's like just a, a fucking crapshoot. You stick it out there like, God damn. And we had some, something stuck in our craw about playing domestic shows. Mm. And so Europe was really the goal because right before we disbanded, we had a nice tour set up in Europe by Todd Cote from, from Rave Bookings. And um, it didn't happen (laughs) so we never made it over there and so that was that was the main focus and then got to talking with manuel went back and forth about it uh how we could make it happen logistically financially whatever and when we went over there that that really for me i think for kevin as well that, that like solidified this idea like we are a band (laughs) <laughs> for the foreseeable future until right. we physically cannot do this anymore because the reception over there was there were some tears every night yeah um there was a lot of rib crushing hugs yeah. and accompanied <laughs> by tears it was just like my god that's awesome this is why i'm alive that's a weird thing but it's a weird yeah, thing for anybody. I, I forgot about the being the bonnet for the tour, the European tour. It's almost it was a thing that we always aspired to. Yeah. Everybody got to go. You you know you were supposed to go some somewhere with Sugar Shack. And you didn't get to go. I, I was supposed to go Australia. with. I was supposed to go with Ed Hall to yeah. somewhere. I bailed just in time to not go, and so we had never gone over there. And we were. Like, I went to Norway <laughs> with Fuckimos, but no, that's good. That, that was good because I remember that you talking about counts. that, <laughs> and I was so envious of that because I was like, it was fun as shit. But... So we wanted to do that. Yeah. We I, and you're, you're, you know, the music connects with people. Like the experiences mean something, right? And, and then, you-, you know, somehow girls started to like it. Too, yeah. Later. Took a long ass time. Surprise. They like weird music too. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who could have predicted? Yeah. It's, it's... I, not us. <laughs> well, and, and so then you're, you have the thing where you're, you're, you're being a band. And it's the same people, but you're different people. You're you're older. You're hopefully a little wiser. Learned learned a lesson or two. Yeah. <laughs> but you're still the same people. So you have this like long storied relationship. You kind of know how each other plays, for lack of a better term. Maybe if that means like just counts. I don't know what you're doing there, but I'm gonna count it out. You know that that kind of mindset. Yeah. I, I mean, do the songs start coming pretty easily? Is it something where you are? two in your head about it like you know as far as after that initial volley like you know what became like the next record is is it just come with time where you're like hey let's just write another record let's do it 
or was it just like a natural outgrowth of what we were doing? Man, you know, that should be an easy answer because that's not ancient history. Yeah, that's like what twenty well, nineteen. Uh, that was like that's not that long ago. Are you asking about Immaculata? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But between, so between two infinity to Immaculata, like, like, like. Oh yeah, um, all the pressure was off, and and then that's when we started having the conversations about we can we can do whatever we want. We don't yeah. have to follow any of these imaginary rules that we've made up about what this first record out of the gate after 20 years needs to be. And so, and if you listen to the record, it's pretty obvious that we explored different uh, parts of our, of our uh, musicality. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I love that record. I had a lot of fun working on those songs. I had a lot of fun recording those songs, playing those songs live. I still want to play those songs live. Yeah. I really like that record. Yeah, that's interesting. I really like that record too. Uh, to Infinity, to me, is hazy because I'm not I'm not super attached to a lot of those songs. Like, but there's something about Immaculata that seems really. I don't know. There's something different about it. I I, I really feel those songs differently. Can, can I state what maybe a controversial opinion? Yeah, I think it's your best record. What I've heard yeah. that before. I really do. And before I appreciate that comment, I do too. Damn. Yeah, it's, it's it's and that's you know no 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 patch on heroin man like that's like I said iconic it's amazing, but like I th I think that's the one I th and and like it's it's weird because I didn't think that at first I was like oh this is good right on, you know, <laughs> it's almost like right on guys cool <laughs> like that was that was that was yeah. sort of my initial reaction but it's it's got hooks man it's got hooks it sticks with you and uh, what that, turned you. You know, I just kept listening to it. Like, it had repeatable reps. listens. That's it. Reps. Yeah, reps. Because there's some songs on there that you don't understand what the fuck's going no. on the first couple times you listen to it. No, and and that, yeah. for me, that's a plus. Like, that's a kind of neutron thing, right? Like, you're never – and by the way, you're never going to get rich doing stuff that caters to me, ever. But, yeah, you know, like, I'm that guy. I'm gonna, but I'm like, oh, that's weird. Like, what the what the Sam Hill's going mm -hmm. on there? Let's – okay, let's, let's – yeah. oh, that's cool. You know, right on. Damn Sam Hill. And that's what happened to me with the first Boss Hog record. Like, I, sure, yeah. I, I wasn't sure like what's going on with this record the first couple times I listened to it. And it very soon after became like my favorite record ever. Just same with just, Pussy Galore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah there was yeah. some early Pussy Galore yeah. stuff where you're going, Jesus Christ, what, everybody get out of everybody else's way. Yeah. And yeah. then you realize, holy fuck, there it's 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 kind of intertwined. They may be playing three separate, three different songs, but the fucking shit works. But they're playing them together. Exactly, <laughs> they're playing them together. <laughs> Years ago, a younger me characterized it as a pack full of cherry bombs being lit and thrown into a New York alleyway, and I felt pretty good about sure. that. Sure, sure. <laughs> but go with that. but if you keep listening, it's like no, there's hooks there. It's just that, like, good lord, that is a noisy ass band. Like you know, but yeah. in a good way. You yeah, know? absolutely. Uh, with all the songs strung together. <laughs> yes, and, and sidebar when um, John Spencer went out with Melvin's with uh, um, Sam Coombs from Quasi and uh, Bob Burt doing the junk percussion and uh, M Sword, and there's a couple like Pussy Galore songs in the set. I was like, hell yeah, do your standards. You you're at wow. you're, you're at the Johnny Cash level, man. You do it. You do that. That's well, awesome. He's playing the hits. That's yeah. a, that's what that was supposed to be about. That's cool. Yeah, I, I thought that I thought that was real cool. That was, that was awesome. Uh, so, all right, so let's let's not let's let's talk about Immaculata. So, 
2019. You got this. You got this record. Like I said, man, some some of it like hits like shoegaze moments. Like, and that's something where it's like, God, it works. It works, and it's not that different thematically as far as how you guys put songs together, but it hits different. I mean, were were you just like, this is what we're doing now? You know, did did you know what 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 where did that go? And I know I've asked like seven times, but like believe me, you guys, I need to ask it at least seven times. Well, um, so there's a song on To Infinity called Party Ice, and oh, wow. I think that's that's where we accidentally stumbled upon the fact that we could mm. do some kind of a shoegaze thing and really like it. Yeah. And so with and that was always one of our very favorite songs on the record. Uh, almost always the worst reception playing it live, but that's fine. <laughs> really? It's a deep cut. <laughs> it's okay. a deep cut. It's not a hit. Um, but I think that influenced our... Yeah, that's I, right. I had Party Ice in mind many times as we were working through songs. Yeah, and we, all, we did actually, I remember talking about that a lot, where we would hold up songs from Immaculata, we would hold them up to Party Ice, and we mm-hmm. would go, is this as good a song as Party Ice? does this do what party ice does does this take you somewhere and leave you somewhere else right. without with gently you know it's not because that that song starts one place and goes it, it takes several you on a journey it goes several other places and it leaves you somewhere else without a parade ending you know yeah. we call the parade the and parade no ending. referring back to anything yeah you no, leave no. a part and you go to another part and you never come back but it doesn't feel like you know sweets you know, you're not going into a different suite. Yeah, yeah. You're going, it, it's still the same journey. And so we were like, this song has this weird quality to it that it's, just in terms of its quality, it's, we wanted everything else to feel whole like that or like human, human experience like. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. So, and I forgot about the ending, the how it, how it ends yeah. with those big chords and there, yeah. and you know, that's, that's basically trying to figure out how to do something in this weird tuning where you're making these bar chord sounding things, but you're having to figure out how to do it because you're not in the regular tuning. And it's a lot easier in standard um, in that particular way. Yeah. Um, and it felt uh, so we, we now we had that in the toolbox. That's really what it was. Now we had that in the toolbox. We can use it on Immaculata. And we're getting influenced by ourselves at that point, so right, right, no guilt. Yeah, no guilt. <laughs> exactly. You're going well. At least we're not ripping anybody off. We are ripping ourselves off, but hopefully we won't get fucked up like John Fogerty did. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, if you haven't read his autobiography, I highly recommend it. Like very. Oh no shit! Really good. And, really, I really. And you know, it. for you, if you haven't seen that uh, Leonard Skinner uh, documentary, oh, it's Netflix, killer! Oh, I loved it. Oh, I I so loved good. it. Unbelievable! Those guys, what a bunch of weirdos coming out of there! Fuck! They're, they're like so playing cool. in that shack by the river, just jamming for hours at a time, like uh, in the right. hell house. <laughs> yeah, the hell God house. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That was so cool. <laughs> they're in the doghouse now, though. They're forever. Oh, yeah. It's forever. The, yeah, yeah, well. yeah. It's it's. But goddamn, they are so advanced beyond what you would have ever guessed. 
it it, it uh, so that dock did for me the same way that uh, the Iron Maiden dock where uh, Bruce Dickinson's flying them all around the world and they're playing to all these like remote locations like and mm. he's like fl- he's literally flying the plane. It's called a uh, flight six six six. It's super sick. It's it's super worth. It. Yeah. So it made me and I was like, ah, oh, Iron Maiden's fine. Yeah, it's good, cool. Like yeah. I, I never had super strong feelings about it, but it made me it made me dig them a lot more. And so in that same way that Leonard Skinner movie. The documentary, was, cool. I was like, oh, man, cool. this is actually pretty rad. Like, I, I was always maybe kind of on the fence on them a little bit. Like, they got some jammers, but I was like, oh, whatever. I don't know these guys. I don't know what's up with them. But, yeah, I was like, oh, no, they're just some, they're some good old boys like playing. Yeah, yeah. And they 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 were not. They were, Nobody was waiting you know, for that epiphany, by the way, from me. Nobody was waiting for that. But, like, that's what I had. No, exactly. <laughs> I wasn't waiting to see a damn Leonard Skinner documentary, I tell you that. Yeah, yeah. I you wasn't know, looking I, for it. And someone's like, you know, you should no, probably I had watch a friend, it. A friend told me about it, and I was like, yeah, whatever. I'll get to that yeah. sometime in, in my next life. <laughs> and then when I accidentally put it on, I was like, wait a minute. This is fucking cool as yeah, shit. It's, They're just so home homespun. It's just dudes that love playing music, man. And they like playing it for long periods of time. And, you know, like it's... Yeah, and they were embarrassed about the rebel flag shit. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's the thing I thought that was coolest. Yeah, that was a real revelation to me. You know, that was really cool. Well, it comes from the perspective of be curious, not judgmental, right? Absolutely. They didn't. They just didn't know. And when they found out, they were fucking embarrassed. (laughs) Right. Yeah. yeah, Exactly. It's a bummer. So okay. Well, unfortunately, the world has been whittled down to two categories. You're either with us or you're against us. Yeah, yeah. it is. It is pretty uh, staunch. It's pretty staunch. Uh, so okay. So so immaculate. As much as I like the record, we haven't talked about the contents of it really that much, other than the fact that it's it's uh you know reference basically, you know, is it as good as uh, um, the the song from Infinity or not? So. Like, do you have so? First of all, uh, uh, the guy you work with, um, Eric, Eric, Eric Wofford, right? Is that that that's yeah. his name? Yeah, I should know that. My one of my best friends growing up last last name was Wofford, uh, so I should know that. But uh, which is not a common name. No, it's not. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, died an early death. But that's a completely different podcast and a different story. Uh, Wofford. <laughs> so he'd worked with a lot of bands. Like explosions in the sky is pretty cool, right? Like mm-hmm. I think they got it. They got an ethos. They got a sound. They got a feel to what they do. You know, my yeah. morning jacket, eh, not really my thing, but you know, respect to the, the the folks that are. How did that end up being like? It, it seemed it seemed like an out of the box choice to me as an outsider. Like, how did you end up working with him for that? <laughs> well, um, we went and toured a couple of places, and they were great. They were uh, real pro and slick and just not us. And we had actually gone by and, and checked out Eric's place when we were looking for somewhere to record to infinity. And we, we really fell in love with it. There's this balcony that you can stand there and overlook the Colorado river and all this scraggly uh, Texas scrub brush. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, like ugly, beautiful. Right. Um, <laughs> sure. Like we aspire to. And, and we we came very close to, to uh, doing it there, and then um, Mike McCarthy's name popped up out of somewhere. I don't remember how that happened, yeah, but he either. was just just the the uh, <laughs> how do you describe Mike? 
he kind of became our dad. He was just grumpy enough. <laughs> he was grumpy dad. And skilled enough to be perfect. So we worked with him on that one. And then when it came time to do another record, then we we went back to Eric's and we looked around again and, and it just, it felt like home. It's uh, a block away from where I had worked, where my offices were for 12 years. It was in the hood. It was in the hood. Yeah. And we didn't need a dad this time. Yeah. <laughs> we, we really did need a dad the first time and it was really beneficial but we didn't need one this time. Yeah. Um, no offense to Mike at all. He was, he was badass, but Eric was just a, Eric is just a great guy and he's just really sweet. And, uh, you know, that drums, those drums sound fucking badass. I remember seeing some kind of a, uh, a review from, of the record and the guy, the guy was was like he was a metal guy or something, and he goes, "It sounds like they played their shit in the same room together. It just sounds <laughs> like they're playing their instruments and they're in the room." And I was like, "And it, all these flashbacks of how metal stuff gets recorded, where they're in the studio next yeah, to the yeah. board playing the solo, yeah. and then the bass player's playing the thing." And I'm going, "Oh yeah, I guess so." They, the distinctness of that was probably so weird sounding to this dude that this is so indistinct and live sounding. And I was like, yeah, that, well, we were in the same room. That's the way we, we were trying to be in the same room. We were trying to play it. Like you play music. Yeah. The drums are six feet behind the, the soundboard in yeah. that studio, which that studio doesn't exist in its same yeah. form. Yeah. Anymore, it's, but... it's gone, but he was great, you know, and, and he was game. And he was patient. And he picked his battles he picked when, his when battles. he strongly disagreed with yep. something that was being proposed. Yeah. And we would give him a shot at convincing us otherwise. And sometimes he would win us over and sometimes <laughs> not. And then he would just have to kind of like shake his head and, and do it. And and everybody everybody had their moment. Um, right. it, like I said, like whoever is on the scent the strongest at any given time at any given part of any given song on any given issue usually wins the battle and it was a group effort it was really fun i would love to record with them again sometime if possible it, it, yeah it made for a very different sounding record too you know and, and and again like that's but it sounds if you're a fan you know, it, it sounds like you guys. It doesn't sound like, you know, you're playing ska songs or nothing. You know, it's like, it's, it, it all works. And it's, 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 you know, somewhat seemingly dark stuff, uh, you know, being, being traveled uh, song wise, but it's not even necessarily, to me, a dark dude, not that much of a dark record. And I think that that's, uh, that's also like a fine road to walk, you know? Yeah, I don't see it as a dark record either actually it seems celebratory to me and it was yeah you're right yeah there's just there's just two songs on there that uh, i wish we would have uh, been taking a little bit more risk on the mixing of and then it, it kind of would have been the perfect record for me two songs holding me back on that but i it kind of is my favorite record that we've done what are they uh and there was one of those pacemaker right yeah the guitar just needed to be way louder the drums Fuck. needed to be I know. That pushed could have, that could have way been. back into the yeah. in the back and yeah. so the 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 weird fight i know the time fight wouldn't be so apparent yeah and then the other one was um terminator same problem. 
No. <laughs> Different movie. Dick. Um, what's back. the other one? You know what the other one is. Uh, you're going to ask me to remember our names of our songs. That's not fair. That real plotting one, kind of monotonous. Um, and the drums were too loud on it, too, and the guitar was not loud enough. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I don't remember the name, but. Right. I don't remember the Fuck name, but the drums song. are too loud. It's dead to me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember the name, baby. but to hell with it anyway. <laughs> Either for me or you're against me. That song is clearly against me. I yeah, turned man. my back on you. <laughs> apparently, apparently. So, okay. So, and then, of course, very recent at the time of this recording. Tigers. Oh, fuck. Oh, Tigers. sure. Okay. You're right. Tigers in the you're right. sky. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Means you're more right. guitar and less drums. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. In a big way. Yeah. So. I'm sorry. You were saying? Oh, I was just saying slow blow. Uh, stuff that you know, stuff that didn't fit, but yeah. is also awesome. And uh, you know what a nice surprise at the time of this broadcast. It's about a, what about a month old, like out in the world, and that was sort of like what more cherubs. What <laughs> that was a weird one, man. You know that was going to be a split with Pig Destroyer. Wow, really? Yeah, originally, originally that's what it was going to be, and we were going to put you know, all that stuff on one side and pig destroyer was going to put stuff on the other side, but it would have had to have been on 33 and a third to get all those songs on one side. <laughs> That's going to yeah. say it's a lot of tunes. Yeah. We were, yeah. Hell, we were hell bent on, on having it be a, a, a either or speed right. record. <laughs> well, and pig destroyer didn't have any song. They didn't have any songs yet that we, we, we assumed or thought they may have uh, some songs left over. And I'm not saying that we know pig destroyer. We don't, that was a idea from Rennie, over at relapse and uh and we were we pursued it for a while and it was during the pandemic and everybody was so discombobulated and they were having a really hard he was going to have to write stuff they hadn't written anything yeah and we were like fuck it you know love you guys but we're gonna we're just gonna forge ahead and you had to have stuff in the can yeah Yeah. that's the only way it would have worked because nobody could get in the studio there's no way that was going to happen unless you you know you were doing it you played all the fucking shit in yourself in in the living room yeah yeah so then then when it turned the corner nathan (laughs) we had that shit uh we had it done but those were things that we had already kind of knew that they were not going to work in the sequence yeah so we did not pay much attention to them. They needed to be mixed. They really right. needed some attention. And so that was one thing that Eric was able to do. He's able to go in and kind of go, okay, stay out of my life. Let me do this by myself <laughs> and I will present it back to you Yeah, and it will be fixed. And he did a good job on it. I mean, we went back and forth a couple of times, but not, not anything major. I mean, it's, so, it's pretty cool. There's like the acoustic version of Suey Pig, you know, like that's. Oh yeah. Didn't expect that. That was cool. <laughs> you know, like it's, there's some, there's some nice moments there and it's, you know, it, it, look, anytime in these bizarre ass times, it's something like worth paying attention to that like, kind of like takes your mind off the imminent death and destruction and awfulness of the world. I'm in. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. And we got to do a Joe Papa Pies cover. Uh, Papa Pies. You remember yeah. Joe Papa Pies, Conan? A, a song that we had yeah. stolen lyrics from on, on another song earlier. Yeah. O- only through friends, which is funny because I, I grew up in Modesto, uh, so wasn't that far away. But you know, no internet. What I'm, what I'm going to say? Holy shit! You grew up in Modesto, I so you're know. a John Wayne fan. <laughs> yeah, well, 
Okay, that's we're we're closing it out, and that's a completely different podcast. But we we can we can we can, we can talk Lane about that. Damn, <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, I, I'm also the guy that was, uh, you know, pave, pavement was go- around in the next city over doing their best work, and I was way too punk rock to be like, no, no, <laughs> fuck pavement. It fuck sucks. Pavement. You know, you know what's yeah. great? Fucking my war, and it is, but. <laughs> I was also an idiot, so what are you gonna do? And you know, welcome. Yeah, whatever, whatever we do, aren't we all at our at a certain moments? Yes, sometimes? yes. Um, fellas, this, this has been awesome. So, last thing, I, this is the only can question I ever ask anyone. Uh, you can take your pick. Which who wants to go first? Mm-hmm. Choose interpret it however you like. But why do you do what you do? Well, to me. It's the only thing that the mystery is intact. You know, music is a weird thing and it's so subjective. And it's the only thing that I can always tap into and go, what the fuck is this? Why does it, why is this captivating? Why can I lose my mind? Why can I not think about anything else? Why, how does this work? It's, it's, it's the only thing that you can express emptily where you're empty. And I don't know, I don't know anything else like that. Everything else in my life has a bunch of reasons, has a bunch of fucking justifications and reasons and you do this because of this and practicalities and it's for me music and you know like running until you can't breathe are the only things that you are alive you know and maybe running from a bear you know you're alive you're super alive um so the cherubs part of it is the is the real conundrum because there's something about it that's got so much nastiness and yet it's so sweet we're sweet people but nothing does to me what cherubs does and so i don't really even question it i go oh that's cherubs all that is not but this is cherubs that's a gift that's lucky we're just lucky on that shit. okay that's good. That's pretty good, yeah, huh? Really oh good. man, I didn't know what was gonna come out of my mouth. No, you, it's just the same as everything else. <laughs> <laughs> you know, some people have all these uh, these rich lives, full of activities and relationships and and fascinations, and yet, without that perfect partner, none of it matters to them. They're at home. They're depressed, and and they're not making. Uh, sense out of any of it and for me cherubs is that um, thing much of the time because I do have a rich life and I'm very lucky in a lot of ways and and I've got all this stuff and and I don't know there's something about that that helps everything else uh, get absorbed uh, at the level that it deserves to be absorbed and appreciated but most simply put as my Italian brothers, Cher, Daniel, and Giacco would say, we do it because we must. <laughs> we must. We must do it. Kevin, Brent, thank you guys so much, man. This has been a pleasure. 
Thank Thanks you for having us. Really appreciate it. Catch you next time. Until next time. Oh, there they go. How cool was that? Answer, pretty cool. Let's hear it, Tim.
All right. All right. All right. Is this thing on? So, what do we have there? Well, we, we had some uh, jammers by a little band you may have heard of. Cherubs. Can you hear me now? Kevin Brent and Owen. It was a Suey Pig. And then before that, we had Stag Party. So, Suey Pig, of course, is off of the uh, most recent proper record, I guess, Immaculata High. And before that, we had the quintessential opener. Quintessential, sure. A heroin man stack party. And that's, uh, those are the Cherubs dudes. Hope you guys enjoyed that. I certainly did. Once again, as always, the name of the show is Conan Neutron's Protonic Reversal. Thank you so much for listening to it. It airs Thursdays, 8 Eastern, 7 Central, 6 Mountain, 5 Pacific, at Radio Nope, RadioNope.com. Say yes to Nope. Streaming now on Twitch, as well as YouTube. Maybe I'll continue doing Facebook. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, but on other things as well. But uh, most importantly, if you like the episode and you want episodes sooner or you just want to support the show, patreon.com slash protonic reversal. $1 a month. We'll achieve that goal. Uh, thanks for folks sharing the episodes around, letting people know about it, and also just for listening. But all that stuff, uh, we'll find the show. You know, subscribe, like all the all the things that everyone always tells you to do. You know, that stuff helps this show as well. You can find the Cherubs, dudes, on Bandcamp, as well as the other listening services that we've established are not punk rock, <laughs> as well. Anyway, thanks for listening. Stay safe out there. Can you hear me now? And as always, check you later. I got my radio on. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? to my top 10.
like to thank our sponsor. But we haven't got a sponsor. Not if you were the last man on earth. She was prepared to prove it. This one goes out to a special girl. Can you hear me? 